Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Pastor Sarah Olson-Smith, and I am so grateful to be with you today. We are now in the Christian season of Lent, these weeks before Easter, that are a time of intentional prayer, repentance and reconciliation, service and study. There are 40 days in this season of Lent, the same number of days that Jesus spent in the wilderness being tested by the devil. It's the story that we'll hear today about Jesus stepping intentionally into a time of trial and struggle and temptation. As you hear Luke's account of Jesus in the wilderness, listen to Jesus and pay attention to his confident, courageous response. Jesus knew scripture so deeply. It was there when he needed it. Today, we'll spend some time thinking about what sustains us in the wilderness what we hold in our heart when things get hard. But for now, hear these words from the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, 
where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led Jesus up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only God. Then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, God will command the angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. This week, while I was walking down the cereal aisle of our high V, Elton John's song, Benny and the Jets, started playing over the sound system of the grocery store. And because this is really the only right response to that song, a woman who was coming towards me on the cereal started to sing along to Elton in the aisle. And it was amazing. She was incredible. And, but I was not her only audience of this karaoke moment. Her teenage daughter was right next to her, or at least began right next to her. Once this woman started to sing with Elton, she stopped and like backed up and tried to get as far from her mother as she possibly could. She melted in the floor with utter embarrassment. And as we walked past, I, I couldn't help but smile and remember myself as a teenager with a mom who regularly embarrassed me. I really did win the parent lottery, but there were moments when I, like that girl, didn't want to be seen with my parents. Maybe it's just part of being 14 or 15. One of those moments I remember very clearly was when I was probably about 14. We were in New York City with our family. We went there for a vacation for my brother's uh, 16th, 17th birthday. We went um, to celebrate his birthday, but also because my brother wanted to look at Wagner College, which is this Lutheran school on Staten Island. And so we went and he toured the college and we toured the city. They put us up in dorm rooms and we had breakfast in the Wagner College cafeteria every morning. And it was there in the cafeteria at that college that I buried myself with embarrassment. We were having breakfast before going into Manhattan for the day, and we were mapping out our ferry and subway plans. And while we ate, my mom, very quietly, was squirreling away pieces of food from the buffet into her bag. A few apples, a couple bananas. She wrapped up the half of my blueberry muffin that I didn't finish in a brown paper napkin and put it into a backpack. 
It wasn't a lot, but it was enough to totally horrify me. And I was grateful to be thousands of miles from anyone who actually knew me. <laughs> and actually, throughout the day, I was just kind of embarrassed about this. And then sometime late in the morning, we were standing in line for discount theater tickets. And my brother and I were bickering, cranky with each other. And my mom got a big smile on her face, and she pulled out an apple and gave it to us. She pulled out a banana and gave it to us. And uh, we quickly ate the fruit, <laughs> reluctantly thanking her for her preparations, for her genius, grateful for her for what had once embarrassed me and then sustained me on that day. What my mom knew and what I have learned as a parent and as a human since is that to make it through a long day, whether it's a trip to the city or a day full of appointments or a challenging day at work, we're going to have to have some snacks. We need to be sustained. So it's best to be prepared to grab a banana, to wrap up a muffin. Long days get longer and harder when we don't have snacks. This morning we heard, as we always do at the beginning of Lent, of Jesus and his 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. It's right there at the beginning of his ministry, just after his baptism. And he faces these tests, proving that he is indeed the Son of God, showing not just his divine faithfulness, but his deep commitment to his incarnation, to the challenges and the perils of this embodied human life. Jesus walked right into the wilderness choosing to undergo the challenges and the struggles and the temptations that come with being human. Jesus chose those. But the reality is, for most of us, we are pushed or pulled or simply dropped into those wilderness moments of our own lives without our consent or our wish or our choice. And those wilderness times are not easy Maybe they are seasons of grief or those long weeks waiting for a diagnosis or living with its realities. Wilderness times when we fear for our safety, for the safety of our friends or our neighbors or people across the planet. When we face uncertainty or the consequences of actions we've taken. And these seasons of 40 days or 40 years or 40 weeks or even 40 minutes challenges are just part of being human. We can't avoid it and we don't choose them, but one way or another at some point or many points in our lives, we'll find ourselves there in those wilderness moments. And this morning I want to think less about how we can withstand temptations in those moments, but think instead about how we can hold on to faith and hope, courage, while we are in the midst of our wilderness. In part, I think this is because those wilderness times are when we are most susceptible to those temptations that pull us away from God and from the people we love. And it's also because it feels like lots of us are in wilderness times these days. And the hope is that if we can stay rooted in our faith in the midst of our wilderness times, we might just discover meaning 
or a new kind of strength or grow in some ways through those wilderness times. There's this moment in the story we just read that I think helps us think about what it means to be faithful in our struggles. It's this moment in that first test when the evil one says, if you are the son of God, take the stone and turn it into a loaf of bread. And Jesus says, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. He's quoting um, a verse from Deuteronomy, which continues by saying, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus recalls the scripture and names that the source of his life is not bread, but is God. God's word sustains him, keeps him through the hunger and through the struggle and through the suffering of the wilderness and everything else. The word of God, the love of God, the actions and presence of God is enough for Jesus. In some ways, it's like that sweet and simple wisdom I learned from my embarrassing moment with my mom. This truth she knew and I knew, and it's simply this. Don't go into the wilderness without some snacks. (laughs) And I don't mean literal snacks. Jesus says, humans don't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus seems to tell us to squirrel away some of God's care, to fill our pockets with God's word of hope, to stuff our hearts with God's abiding love, ready for whatever we're going to face in our days. The way that we can stay grounded through the wilderness is by bringing with us the stuff that sustains us. Our faith snacks might be different according to our own practices and preferences, but we all need them to be sustained. For Jesus, Jesus held on to scripture as his source. He quoted scripture right back to the evil one every time. And maybe this is true for you too. Maybe you too have a Bible verse you know by heart that you hold on to as you sit in the wilderness of a doctor's office waiting room or wherever you might be. Scripture you use to fight off those voices that accuse you or enrage you or frighten you. Or maybe you have a hymn or a song that you sing to yourself in those long, late nights awake with worry for this world torn apart by war. Maybe it's a practice of deep breaths or a long walk, a text thread with a beloved friend or family member. For all of us, too, as we gather for worship, we can hold on to this bit of bread a bit of wine, this holy meal that is just a little, but somehow provides enough for us, enough spiritual nourishment to make it through this next week. These practices we have and those snacks we pack might not always seem necessary. They might even feel mundane sometimes, maybe even a little embarrassing as wrapping a blueberry muffin in a napkin. But part of practicing them on our easier days is that we have them when we need them, when the days become long or wearying or scary. But it's not just those faith snacks, those practices we have that God gives us. There's something else that we are given. 
And I have another embarrassing parent story to describe it. Although this one is not my own story, it's one I heard from a friend, a woman I traveled with years ago, Marie. When Marie was little, as is true for many of us, her mom would always write her name inside things, her lunchbox, uh, at school, her backpack, her coat, her mittens. When she went to camp, every sock and every pair of underwear, her toothbrush and shampoo bottle had her name written on it. There's wisdom to this, especially with our, when our kids are little, but as she got older, it seemed a little ridiculous. She got so embarrassed by her name inside her swim goggles in high school and her shoes for soccer. Marie was especially mortified when she was in college and was studying abroad. She had thought she had packed and made it out of the house before her mother got to her things with that Sharpie to put her names on it, but she discovered while on the plane or in a layover as she pulled a sweatshirt out of her backpack that her mom indeed had put her name on everything that she brought with her for her semester abroad. She was mortified by this. She's a grown adult after all. And she tried to hide her labeled clothes from her new friends, not letting anyone borrow her clothes, fold her laundry. But Maria told me afterwards, years later, about how about halfway through her semester abroad, she was lonely and worried a lot. She was just having a hard time. And on her lowest moment, she remembers forcing herself out of bed and getting dressed. And as she pulled out her pants to put on, she saw her name written on the tag in the back. Her name written in that lovingly familiar script. And she felt this sort of surge of courage knew her own belovedness, remembered how much she was cared for. Suddenly she wasn't so embarrassed, she just felt loved and seen and known. Seeing her name on those labels didn't just keep her stuff from getting lost, but it kept Marie from getting lost too. Jesus went into the wilderness so long ago, full of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was still dripping wet from his baptism. He stepped into those tests with those words of God echoing in his ears, those words spoken to him at his baptism. This is my son, the beloved one. This is the greatest gift that God gives to us in our wilderness times too. The promise that we can cling to when things are hard. We are God's own. God has put God's name on us, claimed us as God's. And there is nothing, no wilderness, no temptation, no failing, no mistake, no struggle, no disease, no war, no grief, no uncertainty, not even death itself can separate us from this love of God. Nothing can take this label from us. So as we navigate these wilderness days, make sure you pack a lot of snacks, those things that will sustain you when things are hard. And don't forget that you are God's beloved ones, forgiven, restored. God's name is on you. And with that, you can never be totally lost, no matter what the wilderness. Amen.
to God in prayer, saying those words Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. You are God's beloved, gifted with so many things to sustain and strengthen you in the wilderness. Almighty God bless you this day and forever. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.